Ty there, welcome into the Go Blue crew on Wolverine Sounds. You can find Wolverine Sounds all over the World Wide Web anymore today at wolverinesounds.com. You can also find us in iTunes if you just search Wolverine Sounds. You can subscribe and listen to uh, some more Go Blue crew or Derek Devine, the other co-host, has a uh, another show called Divine Intervention. Derek, I don't know why I introduced you first because I'm the main event here, but my name is Tyler Fenwick. I'm the other co-host here on the Go Blue crew. You can follow me on Twitter at Ty underscore Fenwick, and you can follow Derek at Divine Identity. We're putting together some preseason thoughts, and whatever that means, I, I can't tell you right away simply because I don't know. We're just going to find out. So, Derek, what's something that's been happening this offseason, especially recently, that gives you some hope that things are going to be okay this season, despite losing all that great talent from last year? Yeah, we've talked a lot about uh, how to replace uh, some of the key pieces lost to the NFL or, or even graduation. And, you know, when I when I look at the season overall and, and prep for what we're going to see, uh, whether it's the first game against Florida on September 2nd or, or the games following, I, I feel like there's not as – I don't think questions is the right word. Usually it's what questions need to be answered. It's just, I mean, like – this is it. Like this is Jim Harbaugh's football team, and you know something good is going to happen. How good is it? A Big Ten championship good? Is it a college football playoff good, or is it just some some highlights of a season that lead to bigger things to come? So I'm just excited to see the season unfold because you can answer a lot of questions and give opinions on how's this area going to go, or who's going to start at quarterback, or who's going to replace the Jabril Peppers or Jordan Lewis. But my overall thought preseason is this is going to be fun. And I think anytime you have Jim Harbaugh, an energetic guy, uh, as a football coach, I was just looking through uh, the kind of the, the year with Jim Harbaugh. Uh, David Turnley does some awesome stuff with photographs, obviously a well-known uh, Pulitzer Prize winning photographer. He kind of does his, his photo gallery of a year with Harbaugh and, just seeing how much fun they had and how much hard work they put in and kind of all the behind-the-scenes stuff just gets me really excited for for another season of football because we can finally move past this kind of off-season junk that, uh, that gets repetitive after a while. My big preseason thought, this is something I've been thinking about for a while now, is the fact that Jim Harbaugh is going to deserve his toughest criticism after this season, whether it's really good, really bad, or we're kind of just like, meh. And the reason I say that is because I've seen ESPN kind of fiddle around with this. Maybe Dan Murphy did something. But, like, these are Michigan's – or excuse me, these are Jim Harbaugh's players now. What he did in the past, mostly done with Brady Hoke's players. And Jim Harbaugh turned that team around. He got uh, so much more out of them than Brady Hoke's staff ever did. But if – Urban Meyer can do it at Ohio State if he can lose a bunch of talent and keep winning at a ridiculous rate and Jim Harbaugh can't, then we're talking about a coach who has fallen at least a step behind his arch rival and a program that's fallen behind its arch rival. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, 100%. So whatever Michigan does this season, we're going to be able to criticize it very fairly, and very thoroughly, and we're going to be able to put it up against what Urban Meyer and Ohio State have done in similar situations just last year even, and we're going to be able to make that comparison. I I think it'll be generally positive, but 
I don't know. You know, at, at the end of the day, it's like, can can we really predict something like eleven and one, or God forbid, twelve and zero? I don't think I can. I don't think I'm there until I see what this team can do on the field. I'm just not ready to make that leap, like some people are. But if if Michigan does fall to something like ten and two, nine and three, eight and four then we're going to be able to put that up against what they're doing over there in Columbus and say this just isn't as good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at, at some point, it's got to get in a, in a high enough gear where you're not only competing with Ohio State on a year-to-year basis with the recruiting and, and on the field, but but beating and, and hopefully eventually having a game or two where it's a domination like you've seen Ohio State dominate Michigan at multiple times in the last decade. Year one was kind of, this is exciting, this is new, this is what we waited for. And in year two, the expectations really skyrocketed uh, and kind of had a fall off at the end of the season uh, as the team kind of puttered there. And in year three, it's go time. I mean, like you said, it's serious. You can actually start to compare, okay, Harbaugh's first three years versus Saban's first three years versus Meyer's first three years. And this might not be the season, and I don't think this would be the season, uh, that they, they make a huge run. I just don't know if the guys have enough experience, even though they, they clearly have the talent, and you can read that on any news source. But I think that this really sets the tone for the future of, obviously, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan football. And you're right, an 8-4 and four season will bring out a lot more critics than there are now, whereas a 11-1, and 12-0, and 0 obviously, uh, will, will be a completely different story. I think that 8-4... and four, actually will be more treated like a, a season, a 500 season, where a team won as many as they lost, just in terms of Michigan standards and Jim Harbaugh standards. And you'll, you'll see uh, you see the same people that came after Jabril Peppers, even though a lot of them were from rival opponents and rival fans, is he, he's overrated. Uh, he, no interceptions except for the, the one that was tipped to him. Uh, not going to do anything in the NFL. And He's getting some publicity, obviously, from the Cleveland Browns and, and making some hits, at least in the preseason. But it's going to be that same narrative of there's people that have it on a short leash of it doesn't take much for us to think that Michigan's overrated and they don't belong in the national picture, whereas there's fans on Michigan's side of the woods. It's like, hey, this is the national championship year. They almost did it last year, a few plays away from doing it. I don't care how young the players are. I think they're going to do it this year. And then there's, I think my camp is kind of, this is the year that determines the years following. And I honestly believe that next season, even though the tough games are on the road, I think that if we're going to see something magical happen for the Wolverines for the first time in a long time, I think that's the season you're going to see it in. Yeah, last off season we saw some people do this whole one year away thing, which I thought was just totally ridiculous. All you had to do is look at Michigan's roster, look at their two deep, and realize that was the year. Like if anything was going to happen in the foreseeable future, it was probably going to be in 2016. But you lose three of your last four, and things don't end the way you want them to. So obviously, the big topic this off season has been youth and experience. Michigan's taking a lot of mainstays away, and they're putting in some new faces who you're just kind of really hoping will work out. And that leads me into my, maybe my biggest worry about this season is that Michigan still won't figure out, like, how to finish strong, and especially in those big games. Because right now, through two years, that's been a really big problem for Michigan. They they haven't finished strong in big games. And if they couldn't do it last season... 
I mean, what makes me think that they can do it now with freshmen and sophomores? I, I don't really have a reason to. Until, until they show me something, I can't have blind faith that all of a sudden things are going to click and Michigan is going to be able to win with a, a two-point lead in under two minutes to play. I haven't seen it yet, and if it was going to happen any time, it was last season, I'm worried about that. That's a big worry of mine. Yeah, and I, I don't blame you at all. I think that's when the narrative comes in of this is built by Harbaugh and these are his players, and you've got to hope that he's also recruited players who are able to execute throughout the season, especially in the crunch time. Coaching staff brought on the right guys after having to replace guys uh, that can do the same. And then obviously there's a lot on his plate in terms of, of game plan and structures and the way he's doing his practices uh, and the way he prepares for games. Uh, obviously studies opponents and so without having that kind of that that good example of a great finish it is hard to see that in the foreseeable future because that's one of the things that did not happen last year and that is the only thing last year that kept them out of a bigger picture and that's unfortunate it was hard to watch uh, especially when they had to seem like the best momentum out of anybody in the country for for a chunk of the season uh, heading into the Iowa game at least and ever since the the loss there, they kind of kind of fell off, and they never really responded well. Uh, had a chance against Ohio State, and then and then came out and and uh, looked horrible in the first half of the the bowl game. And so now you have a huge chance first week of the season uh, to to beat a team and a good team, a team that's also looking to get to this uh, back to the national spotlight and, and and be in the college football playoff and. I think that that game obviously sets the tone for not only Michigan and Florida season, but the college football season as one of the premier games. And you're right, but they've got to finish that game. They've got to come back, and they've got to beat teams that they're expected to beat, like a Cincinnati and an Air Force. And and you've got tough games at home. You've got to beat a Michigan State that should be horrible, um, but never know what they'll bring. And, And then obviously you've got your Penn State, your Wisconsin, your Ohio State, and that's just naming the big boys on the list. I mean, you've got to take care of business every single game, and then even more so at the end of the season. You can't have that fall off because that will kill you in college football, whereas college basketball, shoot, you could lose 10 games and still make a run in the NCAA tournament. So... I have that same fear because they couldn't close in three games last season that they could have won. Uh, that's more than just players. I mean, obviously some of those players last year had more experience, but I guess my hope is because these are Harbaugh's guys, uh, he's brought in the guys that are, are eager to learn as much and develop as fast as they can to just peak at the right time. I think peaking at the end of the season is obviously crucial. You want to put your best team out in the field when it comes uh, to an Ohio State game or a postseason game, and hopefully Harbaugh and his team are equipped to do so. Okay, once again, this is the Go Blue Crew on Wolverine Sounds. You can find us on Twitter at Wolverine Sounds, head to wolverinesounds.com, or you can search Wolverine Sounds in iTunes. So you mentioned Florida, Derek, and not that I'm predicting this is going to happen, but I'm very curious. Like, what if Michigan goes out there and doesn't necessarily lay an egg? That'd be one thing, but what if they lose by like more than 10? You know, what if it's like a a 30 to 13 game or something? What's the fallout from there? Man, I think there's a lot of worry, uh, maybe from a fan uh, perspective. I think there's a lot of instant criticism. Going to be a lot of making fun of, uh, oh, they're so hyped. uh, And that's when you're really going to see the banter come out. But if Michigan loses by by more than 10, they lose by double digits, 
Uh, I think they have a lot of work to do, uh, but I'm hoping that a loss in any fashion or even a win uh, will give Jim Harbaugh and the coaching staff enough uh, like if it's if it's if they're gonna lose, was it because the defense was horrible and gave up a bunch of points? Was it because the offense couldn't score? Um, are certain players not performing? I'm just hoping that whatever the case may be, it can be figured out in a game against like a Cincinnati or an Air Force, while still quality opponents. Obviously, not the toughest of opponents in on paper, and so you kind of have a couple of tune-up games there uh, early season uh, after the Florida game, but. Yeah, I think there's going to be a little bit of worry if you if you see a team lose uh, in a in a non-competitive manner. Now, if they they lose a game like against uh, Iowa, Ohio State, or Florida State, I think maybe less concerns. It's just why didn't they close? Here's the same issue they had at the end of the season. And then if they dominate, uh, I think the narrative obviously is much different. But I say a close loss, close loss or win uh, or uh, a big loss obviously is going to strike some the wrong way and I think that they'll have a lot to solve uh, before the next bigger games come around in the schedule. I think you're very wise to mention the rest of Michigan's offseason schedule which includes Cincinnati and Air Force because those are two should be wins so let's say Michigan loses to Florida that's two and one Michigan is not going to lose to Purdue three and one Michigan better not lose to Michigan State four and one and Indiana honestly might be the toughest team in that stretch after Florida, which is a little weird to say, but I still don't see a reason why Michigan should lose to the Hoosiers. So then you're 5-1 and one going into a road game at night against Penn State. So a loss against Florida, in my scenario by double digits, you know, something that wasn't necessarily close at the end, is obviously not the end of the world, but that immediate fallout I think would be tremendous. And God forbid if it's something like like what we saw too many times last season, not being able to close out games, as you mentioned, it'd be even worse, I think, because the same problems are popping up. This is a brand new batch of players almost across the board, and we're seeing the same issues. So I'd rather not deal with that stress. I'd rather Michigan go in there, take care of its business, do things in Arlington that make you very hopeful for things back in Ann Arbor. What do you, when you look at a game, like a Florida game, and, and say it's a loss, uh, which obviously hurts and is not good for, for the overall season, even that early in the season, how do you think you can determine if it's youth or if it's just the same problems Michigan's been running into in the past? Oh, boy. Um, well, if it, if it does come down to something where Michigan just isn't able to close out a game, it would have to be very obvious that it's a youth issue because we saw it with a very veteran group last year. So it'd have to be something that really strikes you, like, okay, yeah, this was an obvious case of a freshman or a sophomore or a junior who hasn't played very often, of them dropping the ball and kind of ruining this thing, or a, a, you know, like a batch of those guys. So in that case, it'd be very tough to distinguish. But if it's something like a, not a blowout, but a, a wider margin of victory for the Gators. I think, man, that's a tough question. I don't know. How, how do you look at it and say, okay, that was definitely youth at work? Well, I think that's the obvious answer, and that's why I asked, because I expected it to be a tough question, so sorry to put you on the spot like that. That's fine. That's what we do. We put each other on the spot. We get smarter because of it. The, the reason I ask that is because 
youth is the excuse and, and a very easy excuse. But when it's not the excuse is when, like, okay, receivers might not catch balls, so that's going to make Wilton Spate's numbers uh, obviously worse. But if Wilton Spate or or John O'Corn or Brian Peters, whoever it may be, aren't hitting their targets, then that's going to be on the quarterback. If you've got veteran guys on the line uh, not not filling holes or creating holes, then, then obviously that's going to be uh, on, on some experienced guys as well. If you've got a Chris Evans or a Karan Higdon, guys who, Ty Isaac, who've been around and, and got enough carries to have experience to, to know what to do, how to play, and what needs to happen, then obviously some of that is related to the line as well. But if none of the running backs that have returned to the roster are performing, then that's not really a youth thing. And then you see a guy like a Rayshon Gary with hype or um, uh, you, like a, a Maurice Hurst or a McCray. I mean, those are guys that have been there, were plugged in all the time last season and made big plays. If they're missing tackles, I guess that's not youth. But yeah, overall, close loss. Okay, Michigan's young. They've got things to figure out. But I think there'll be a couple of very obvious things on the field that you'll be able to tell, okay, Donovan Peoples-Jones dropped a ball, or is it Kakoa Crawford dropping a ball? A year older, not that much more experience, but still, it, if you can turn on the, the young guys a lot easier uh, than you can some of the more experienced ones. So if a guy like a like a quarterback like Wilton Spate comes out and just lays an egg and is not playing well and uh, having trouble uh, getting the ball off in time and, and completely missing his targets, then, yeah, then I think there's more of an overall issue than than just youth. But, yeah, youth will, will absolutely be the excuse and the narrative that most people use if, if Michigan loses the game. So while you were talking, I did formulate an idea in my head. Michigan's youth, if that's the issue, will be evident on the defensive side in the secondary where it's almost completely new players coming in who have no experience. I'm looking at coverage issues, missed assignments. I'm leaving receivers wide open, confusion, especially you know if, if Florida wants to go more up-tempo, which I suspect they'll want to, then maybe Michigan's youth in the secondary pops out even more than it normally would. Because obviously it's a very young secondary and you're going to expect a few mistakes like that. But if Florida can really exploit that, then it'll make the youth factor very obvious. So I think that's where we'll see it if it happens. Yeah, I'm going to say two things about the defense. I'm most confident with the D-line with Rashawn Gary and Mo Hurst and, and even some of the linebacking core. I think Chase Winovich, again, is going to have a, a really big season. The secondary is absolutely frightening to me. I know there's a bunch of playmakers. I know there's a lot of talent. But I would not be surprised if the way Michigan loses or at least has to, to work even harder is if guys are getting torched uh, because I feel like that's got to be one of the toughest positions to adjust to from the high school level to the college level. It's already tough to, to guard receivers and play as a cornerback or, or read, uh, read pass coverage in terms of a safety. But when you're now playing against guys of the next level caliber uh, that some of them may go on to the NFL and even higher level, I think that's got to be such a huge adjustment. you got a guy like Drake Harris, who an athlete and obviously coaches see a fit for him, whether it's because the receivers are so good they didn't need him or because he brings such an element to the defense. 
doesn't have that experience out there. And so that's got to be such an adjustment for him or, or someone who's fresh to the scene. This is their first big game. Got to be an intimidating stadium to play in. So if I had to pick one area that I was most concerned with and think would be the reason Michigan struggles, I'd have to agree it's absolutely the secondary. Okay, Derek, our, our ramblings have almost unanimously went, gone back to uh, youth and inexperience. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, I don't know why people say that because that's just very logical. If anybody ever says, a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the highest, you say, no, 10's the highest because 10 is higher than 1. Anyway, scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you about Michigan's youth and inexperience? Hmm... Three. A three. So you're not that worried. Not that worried. I, I'm kind of in the mentality of I can limit my expectations pretty well, and it's it is what it is. And so I think what we will see is how good the team could be in game one. Uh, whereas I think other coaches and teams don't have the off season that Michigan is going to have year to year. They don't have the coaching staff. Uh, so other teams will make runs late or peak late. I think that Harbaugh will have his guys ready to go. Now, again, you can't teach experience, so that's what I think will make everybody on the team better is as the season goes on. But I think they'll be ready, and I'm not too worried about the youth. Obviously, there's going to be some mishaps, uh, and there's going to be some solving uh, that has to be done. But I'm not worried overall because I've, I've bought into the system, and I think that Harbaugh has his guys as ready as they can be uh, at this stage in their young careers. Uh, and then for those few veterans that are there, I think that they'll be playing at their highest level in their careers. So youth doesn't scare me. Uh, it excites me more than scares me. But, I mean, definitely I'll be worried if, if things don't look uh, pretty in game one. I, uh, I'm i going to go a little higher than you. Not because youth and inexperience uh, keeps me up at night. I don't wake up from night terrors or anything like that. Oh, I do. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am worried to the point to like I'm kind of nervous about how they're going to look. And I think that's just because of like generally not having an idea of what these players can do. Whereas last year, you're pretty set in stone. You're like, okay, I know how this is going to turn out for the most part. So I'm going to give it a five. Uh, just I felt like a four, you know, one step above you. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be that guy. So I'll go with a five. You know, I'm not I'm not waking up from night terrors, but I'm also not extremely confident. So a five. So Derek, do you, have, do you have any other final thoughts on the preseason and heading into this season, what things might look like? I'll just say again, I think because we know that things can be fixed and improved on during the season, uh, I think that's why our worry is low. And the season is a little different, obviously, with – completely different players and a bigger first game whereas last uh, year was Hawaii I think it was a 63 to 3 victory so even if they they did lay an egg it wasn't a game Michigan was going to lose so I think the dynamics different this year but even if it is a bad loss and even if the season doesn't go as well as it could or, or we hope it to be I think that a lot of things will be resolved throughout the season uh, and, and definitely by next season and I, I won't look and jump forward to next season, but I am pretty confident that even some of the worst things we can see in Game One will be will be resolved by the time a, a Penn State on the road or a Wisconsin on the road or or an Ohio State at home come into play. 
Amen. Praise be to Derek. This has been the Go Blue Crew on Wolverine Sounds. As I've said uh, now three times, you can head to iTunes and search Wolverine Sounds. You can find us on Twitter at Wolverine Sounds, or you can go to WolverineSounds.com. Uh, preseason expectations and thing, worries at this point are, are things that are always going to jar emotions. I, de- I almost said deplore. I implore you to be respectful when you tweet back at us and call us pieces of you know what. So please do that. Thanks for listening and go blue. Go blue.